You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and did Hunk see that? <laughs> <laughs> I sorted the quotes from least interesting to most interesting. Apparently, at some point, Yusuf says, Did you see that? <laughs> did someone added that? <laughs> somebody was like, Hmm, what a good quote. And one of two people found it interesting. I think more likely can, can somebody. Can you imagine? <laughs> Somebody just wanted to add like, a quote. That's something people say uh, relatively often. But they're watching like, the movie. Oh, they're just like, I gotta write see- that down. <laughs> no, I like the real world. Like someone's saying, "Did you just see that?" And we're like, "Oh, you, it's from Inception." Big Inception. <laughs> Inception. <laughs> that quote. Oh, anyways, I'm Carter, and you mustn't be afraid to chunk a little bigger, darling. Thank you. That's my favorite quote. Mine is probably, "Did you see that?" <laughs> I can't even hear those words without thinking of Inception. Hey, <sighs> you didn't say C though, did you? Real quick. That's true. Real quick, Yusuf, I could listen to him talk all day. <laughs> oh yeah, very much. His voice is so soothing to me. Um, but most importantly, I don't remember if you said hunk like you're supposed to. He did. I did. But you are the hunk. Tell me about it. How Why it is it? This past weekend, I and weekend... Those of you who are older than quarantine might remember a time when weekends were a real thing and every day wasn't just the same gray, formless blob. <laughs> but this past weekend, uh, I returned to a time when men and swamps were swamps and I got my old fashioned manual labor on and my wife and I built a patio out behind our house. And it looks great. I saw that it on does. the gram. It does look nice. Yeah. 66 concrete pavers, 56 bags of sand, two hearts, one big dream, one patio. <laughs> That's the that's the tagline for the movie they're making exactly. about this experience. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I thought that's you were quoting Friday Night Lights. Can't lose. Can't lose. Can't lose. Now it's Friday Night Lights. Now it's Friday Did Night you Lights. see that? Concrete pavers. <laughs> Can't lose. Did you see that? Can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Doge, I think that should be semi-recurring. One of us needs to find that one. The least interesting quote. I love that idea. It's very funny, and it's so funny that. There is a least interesting quote in one of the most interesting movies. Have you ever, have y'all ever looked at least interesting trivia? Yes. That I have That's done. That's the best. That one's so silly. People, what people define it's as like trivia. This, this is a Christopher Nolan film. Yeah. The father of Robert Fisher is Maurice Fisher. Maurice Micklewhite is the birth name of Sir Michael Caine, who plays Stephen Miles, Cobb's father-in-law. I mean, that is that is pretty uninteresting, actually. Yeah, trivia that just makes you go, "Oh, Gla- thanks for talking." Wow. <laughs> Th- hey, thanks for talking. That's sort of the the vibe of that particular trivia. <laughs> hey, 
speaking of talking, I'd love if we were talking about this movie, which is the fourth movie in our Nolan series and is known as Inception. Inception. Now, before we go too far, I'd like to stop, exit the dream, and let Doge give us a synopsis of this film. This week's synopsis was written by Mahesh Shalatkar. Mr. Cobb, a unique con artist, can enter anyone's dreams and extract the most valuable ideas and secrets of people with the help of inception of dream-sharing technology when the state of mind is at its vulnerable best. Cobb's ability has made him the face of corporate spying, hence a wanted man too. Seeing his abilities, he is approached by Saito to carry out an almost impossible mission not to steal but to plant the idea into the mind of the legal heir of a billion-dollar entrepreneur. Mr. Cobb, with some specialists, must do the impossible in order to get back his life in a completely different world of dreams facing his own demons. So is that about three sentences total? I think it was three sentences, but somehow enough words for a full novel. Yeah. They've got a rhythm, though, don't they? They've got a rhythm. (laughs) We know that his first name is Dom, right? Yeah, we do know that. I think it's only said like once or twice, though. No, I'm just saying like that is... A com- confirmed crossover with our favorite franchise. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, this is a Fast Good. and Furious spinoff. This is one of this is one of Vin's dreams. It's Fast Asleep and Furious. <laughs> That's good. Oh, That's good. So it's it's interesting, right? Being at this point where we're talking about Inception, we've made jokes about it, but it sort of feels like Inception is one of the most talked about movies. I think, that, and I don't even necessarily just mean in podcasts, but. It just seems like everybody who loves movies, like Inception is the bouncer that you have to get past to get into a movie conversation. Does that make sense? Like, like, oh yeah, you do a movie, you do a movie podcast. Do you guys ever talk about Inception? (laughs) It's like, now we have to say yes, we have. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, almost to the point to where it is a punchline. Yeah. You know, it's like someone, anyone, it's like if someone claims to be a movie critic, Someone can just be like, oh, you, did you like Inception? You know, it's like a right. duh scenario sometimes. Yeah, it's... Inception, I feel like, is the most mainstream Nolan one that we've talked about so far. And I think that's a direct result. Like, that kind of attitude toward Inception is a direct result of people getting swept up in Nolan's incredible ability to make the audience feel brilliant. Yes. And not realize, realizing that was happening and leaving the theater going, guys, like, I know it was confusing and... You probably didn't get it, so let me explain Inception to you. Hey, but I, I right. will say, I think Inception <laughs> is probably his most confusing. I think this is the one most deserving of the, like, could, could you follow it award. I, I think, think Interstellar. Interstellar. I think yeah. Interstellar conceptually is confusing. I think Inception requires you to pay attention to keep track of everything that's affecting everything else more than Interstellar does, in my opinion. Upon, I, I think it's easy to disagree upon rewatch, like it's easier to keep up, but I, I don't know. I, I think the reason part of this, the reason this movie blew up so much is people left and the word of mouth was just, did you get it? Did you get it? Like that had yeah. to be, you know, and I, I remember Absolutely. sitting in the theater. It felt like almost like a contest. Like, I remember going to see this and, and people being like, dude, you're probably not going to understand it. And then leaving being like, no, I understood I get it. it. Yeah. What else can I conquer? I right. can do anything. 
I can do anything. And I, Very good. I think the, it's the Rosetta Stone of movie plot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you return back to the stone to interpret everything else, which I do. That's it. I try and view all movies through the lens of Inception. What if That's every exhausting. movie is just a dream within Inception? So that brings me to my second point. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I do remember sitting in the theater when it came out and the movie finishes, you know, with the top wobbling and then it cuts to black. And I vividly remember this moment. The entire theater went, oh, like waiting to see what was going to happen. And then everybody went, oh, and uh, I went to see it with some friends. And when we left, uh, one of my friends said, you know what? I'm just going to decide that it fell over. The top, just it fell over once it cut to black because that makes me happier. So like you guys can keep talking about it, but the top fell over. <laughs> oh, all right. That's valid, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess just that's get just as valid want. as sure. anything else, right? Go for it. Knock yourself out. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that right here at the top. What do you think? What do you think happens with the top? I know it doesn't matter. I know that's sort of a moot point with this movie, but what do you think happens with the top? Do you think he's think in the dream? Over. He's not in the dream. His totem's his wedding ring. That was Maul's totem. So I've heard that theory a lot and, and I think I can get on board with it. Why does he spin it? If it doesn't mean anything, he spins it a lot and he yeah, he's seems com- to find compulsively doing it. it, compulsively doing it to make sure he's not in Maul's dream. Yeah. He's addicted to reality. I don't know. It's a weird thing. It's, it's like a, it's almost like a drug to him. I mean, he's just like, I think he just does it. I think it was like a, and also too, I mean, if you want to look at from a production standpoint, because it makes a really good end to a movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's fair. I also think I, there could be an argument made that his totem is his children's faces. That his well, children Maul, knows, Maul knows what his kids look like, so that wouldn't work. He wouldn't be able to check if he was in Maul's dream. Right. But she would also know that he wears a wedding ring. That's true. That's the end of our podcast. I mean, there's we'll enough, see you guys like, next week. <laughs> you know, I didn't think I'd talk about this during this episode, but. Chelsea and I recently started watching The Floor is Lava, which is a ton of fun. Okay. Uh, And it's not super maze-like, but there's a lot of ways to get to the end there. And there's a lot of interpretations of how you can get there. Some of them weren't even intended in the making of the course, and yet people still attempt to take those ways, and sometimes it can get them to the end. I think that's what Christopher Nolan does with a lot of his structure in movies. Cool. I love that. Is he's created enough little pathways that you can... No one can argue against you, Jordan. Like we, we can't. Yeah. And that's just because he put it there. Well, and I'm, and I'm not even great. making a point that I actually think that so much as just, you know, there, there's so many elements to this movie that are yeah. sort of, um, nebulous, which I think is very fun. Yeah. Well, maybe I it's think wrong it falls- to think of the ring, like his wedding ring as a totem, because it's probably like, we don't ever see him messing with it, but probably just a manifestation of his subconscious. Knowing it's there. Is the ring. Yeah. yeah. It was fun to hear that a lot of the editing like you hardly see his left hand. Like there's a lot yep. of times when it's almost revealed that, that he shows his left hand and then it cuts away. So that was definitely a part of, totally. of the production. Uh, I think in, in an interview, Nolan had even said that he he imagines it as falling, uh, that Cobb is not dreaming, um, but they chose to have that still spinning and just wobbling a little bit for the sake of this. I mean, for the sake of having this conversation. Yeah. And I think what that does, I think that alone, I almost super pumped it, but I think this last shot, I wish I could monetize it. How much money did yep. that last shot make this Oh movie? my gosh. So much, I think. For you to go back. I thought it was brilliant. When it happened, I was like, that's a multi-million, multi-million dollar decision. And yep. a frame, a frame that, that made millions of dollars. Agreed. 
and and something that I think about a lot on. So I, I've actually watched Inception a, a a bunch, like a whole bunch. I've seen this movie yeah. a lot of times. I love this movie, and I think that something I've learned about myself rewatching it is after the first couple of times, it becomes less to, less about the ambiguity and the like quote unquote twist and more about how brilliant the journey this movie takes you on is. And I think a lot of movies that rely on, um, like I, I don't use trickery in a derogatory way, but like trickery or twists or, um, like, like confusing narratives that feel straightened out once you understand it. I think sometimes it feels like a jump scare where it's like, once you know, it's coming, the, the, it's still fun, but the, the original thrill is gone. And for me, Inception yeah. has become, it has grown, I've grown more fond of the movie over time because like the, the bones and the meat on the bones are so good here and so interesting yeah. and unique. Yeah. I think when you talk about thrill, I think that's fun. A lot of this Nolan experience for me, I've been thinking of like a roller coaster ride. Like I feel like early on, I think at this point, I think around the time of Inception and the Dark Knight, you know, when he starts, he, something just happens where Nolan just revs it up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you have almost this feeling of about as long as that van is falling into the river. You have that gut feeling of a roller coaster on a on a Nolan movie. I, I there's a certain point. My super pump for this movie is the kick. Yeah, yeah, the totally the simultaneous kick because and it is very similar, which is fun to my super pump of Monsters Incorporated. I I began to see the significance of a single shot in in Monsters Incorporated when they are riding the doors through that factory. For you to say within 60 minutes, I knew exactly everything that was going on. Yeah. But when you first see something like that, you don't get the concept. It's pretty, but you have no idea. Right. But when Arthur has everybody tied together and yes, they're floating dude. through a hall and it looks like outer space and he's going to an elevator. I remember that being in the trailers and it was so bizarre that I was like, what on earth? But when I get to that point, all of a sudden I decide Arthur is brilliant. Right. Like not only have you have you built the person for me, you have built the environment and you have built the action. And all of these things come together to where I'm like, I wouldn't have thought of that. And what's hilarious is I'm never going to be in this situation mm -hmm. to have to think of that, to bring people back from four <laughs> right. levels of a dream. But Christopher Nolan has put me in a place to where we talk about that moment when you're in the screen like from here on out, all the Nolan movies are the times where I, I forget what's outside of the borders of the screen yeah. that I'm consuming this film. But that, the simultaneous kick, this is one of the best climaxes of a movie that I have ever seen. 100% agree. And it's because this cocky dude came in and made this movie and said, here's four climaxes. And they're all going to be so in depth, but I promise they'll all make sense. Yep. And it's for us very to see, textbook Nolan to have yes, them all cross-cutting and, and climaxing at the same time. And to make Ariadne the thread, the last one who wakes up, I mean, technically Cobb is, but for her to see her eyes open in every single one of them, it's like, okay, how do I, that's the brilliance of it too, the editing, to be able to say like, okay, we got to make like, I mean, I could go on and on, but that's my super pump. The, the simultaneous up, kick. You bring up Ariadne. I want to talk about her name for a second. Ariadne is a weird name for this character, but she's named after a character in Greek myth, uh, Ariadne fell in love with a guy named Theseus, uh, who, who was able to, uh, she kind of safeguarded the Minotaur's maze. 
she gave him a ball of yarn so he could find his way back out of the maze. But Ariadne Let's was go. instrumental in helping Greek heroes navigate the maze of the Minotaur, which is such a good name for this character. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. So thoughtful. Christopher Nolan, uh, once he had had a really big hit, I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Batman Begins. He had thought about like in 2005. No, it was even before that. Maybe it was Memento. But he was that was going to be one of the projects he was going to present to the movie production company to be like, I want to do this next because he thought he'd be able to knock out the concept in like a year. But it took him eight wow. to write this movie. Wow. Um, and, and I think it's things like that. You know, there's all these things, too. Uh, it's an anagram when you put all the uh, the characters' names together of dream, yeah, oh. or of dreams, and then but when you add the extra characters, it's dreams pay, which is exactly their mm-hmm. their 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 job. Interesting, Interesting thing the, about the the name of of Yusuf, our, our guy who is responsible for getting people into the dream state and comes up with the cocktails. Joseph. Exactly. Yeah, it's named traditionally in both the Quran and in Hebrew scriptures. The character of Joseph is well known for interpreting dreams and explaining mm. the, the meanings of important dreams to world leaders. Absolutely amazing. Well, and I wonder yeah. if there's a connection here. So um, if we want to hang on to that uh, Greek mythology thread for a second, I mean, Mao would be the Minotaur, right? I mean, she's the mm-hmm. one stomping through the labyrinth of the dream. I wonder what, I mean, Mao starts <clears throat> with an M. And I would ju- I'm just wondering if there's any connection there that's slipping through my fingers that I'm not catching. Well, Mao also has, yeah, referencing to death. I mean, it's like a... Uh, a reaper kind of role mm-hmm. of yep. sorts of that she was kind of hunting down Cobb and then ultimately almost just screws everything up. I mean, is Mal the, is she the antagonist of the movie? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think if you want to say that, then there's an argument that Cobb is the antagonist of the movie as well as the, right. Because he created her. Right. Yeah. Dude. Unreal. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And I, so I'll, I'll go ahead and say it's, I was trying to narrow down my super pump, but I'm just not going to, my my super pump is um the the tightest i can get it is speaking in just terms of structure but from the plane th- from the moment they board the plane until the end of the movie is my super pump <laughs> the heist essentially right yeah and you forget guys that are uh, uh, i say you as the general public i mean i forgot that the heist is more than half of the movie right that's why i, I feel forgot weird that it, super actually forgot that it wasn't more of the movie like we were spending, yeah. we spent a lot more time outside of the dream world than I was anticipating going into this watch. Or yeah. did we? Was <laughs> this at all a dream? But yeah, it's something about, something about, you know me, I'm a sucker for a heist, but there's something about like the layers, the levels, everything affecting everything else. Like Yusuf has to drive carefully so he doesn't throw off the hotel. Like... There's just yeah. something about all of it combined where it's all good on its own, but we essentially get, you know, this, this brutal urban, like kidnap warfare story along with this like hotel espionage story along with this like grand scale James Bond assault on an Arctic base story. Like it's which heavily influenced by his favorite James Bond movie. Right. Yeah. And it's just why he did so that. So unique. I've never quite seen anything that even touches this level of layering mm-hmm. in a story. Um, and so, yeah, I know that it it's it seems weird to be like two thirds of this movie is my super pump, but dang man, it really is. Like I can't change. I totally it. get it. Yeah. 
everything from the the kick to the song to um I mean I remember every time I watch this movie when um uh Saito gets shot I'm st- I know what happens and I'm still like oh yeah. they're in trouble now like <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the tension he's going to get real old later <laughs> the tension just builds so well man and yeah, also does. that's that's the soundtrack too boy this really kicked off a whole lot of uh Brahm, Domino, Brahminos. <laughs> Brahminos. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good joke combining the word Dominoes with the deep Brahm sound that the horns make. Right. Brahm. Right. <laughs> oh man. Um, I, I also love that we get this sort of framing device of uh, Cobb washing up on the shore of the subconscious to go and find Saito at the very Saito. beginning, and yeah. then and then we sort of jump back. To me, that felt exactly like the prestige. Like Chris Nolan was yeah. like, "I I just bought you a brand new puzzle. I'm gonna real quickly show you the top of the box, and then I'm gonna dump all the pieces together. Yeah. And by the yeah. time you get to the end of the puzzle, you're not going to realize that I've already shown you the top of the box. Right. Yep. S- Semi memento too. Honestly. Yeah. Very much. It's interesting that he can do the same trick twice, and both times I'm like, "Yay again, again, do it yep. again." <laughs> I don't remember how Interstellar starts, but it either. wouldn't surprise me if it started. Something with corn. Like it's just corn. It's just corn as far as the eye can see. Interstellar is corn colon the movie. It's it's, <laughs> it's cornception. I believe. Ugh. Um, I, Yikes. I, I want to talk about the casting of this movie. Um, there is, and I, there's not a lot of movies I can say this about. There is not one person that I would change in this cast. Same. Yeah, I think I agree. I think you can make that, you know, there was a part of me that there were moments where I was like, man, Leo just puts this whole movie on his back and sprints with it. And then there were parts where I was like, man, JGL's bringing the heat too. And then Tom Hardy, I'm like, oh man, he's like, Ellen Page is incredible. Like everybody just shows up and shows out for this movie. Um, And I can't believe, I feel like this movie should get credit for performances more frequently than I hear it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's so yeah. high concept. I think the concept, uh, well, it's not high concept. I was actually reading an article about how the difference between high high concept and low concept. High concept doesn't necessarily mean high uh, high complication. Right. High concept is basically, you can summarize the movie in a single sentence. So like the Terminator is high concept. Jaws is high concept. But anyway, uh, I think the concept of this movie often overshadows the performances. I think so too. And which is saying something because the performances are really great. It feels like Inception yeah, I, is an experience more than a lot of other movies. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've been thinking about recently because I feel like, uh, you know, one of my favorite trivia pieces here was that Christopher Nolan imagined the roles played by all of this team as being the roles essentially of creating a movie. Cool. So um, that's one of my favorite like facts about this. I think it's great. I'll just read the thing in in full uh, and then say, though, that I've been thinking about how much I love acting in a movie. And I think in one of our many Monday episodes recently, it was, you know, what is your favorite thing about like what makes a good movie? And for me, it was the characters. And so there's these movies that I respect so much that they are like Academy Award winning for acting, you know, and and movies recently that have meant a lot to me. Things like like. even in nomination's sake, but things like Marriage Story and then in Sounds of the Lambs and stuff like that, these performances that are phenomenal and unforgettable. But then there's the ensemble side of things. Sure. Yeah. Which 
perhaps my list of my top 50 movies ever is cut right in half, honestly, because for as many of those, I have Inceptions and Lord of the Rings and all these kinds of things. And it's hard to say like, which one is better for a movie than the other. Um, maybe, maybe the movies that focus more on needing to have muscles in the environment are the ones that need the ensemble. I don't know. Yeah, that could be, that could be dead on, I think, because, you know, it would be weird, I think, for a, uh, a super like single or, or, or dual character driven movie to have as much going on, like physically as is happening in this world. Uh, And I don't mean physically like action, you know, John Wick, I think is a pretty character driven action movie, but I'm talking about literally physical happenings in the world, cities folding on each other mm -hmm. and things like that. Well, I think even with this many climaxes, like you have to have the characters that that can support that many story threads. So you have to have a protagonist and a deuteragonist and a triagonist and And, a tetragonist. And it's it's a heist movie. Like you have to have a crew for a heist movie. Yep. Uh, I'll read this really quick. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, writer, producer, director, he's always introduces that, which, I mean, it's fine. Give him all the credit that's due. Christopher Nolan explained that he based roles of the Inception team similar to the roles that are used in filmmaking. So Cobb is our director. Arthur is the producer. Ariadne is the production designer. Eames is the actor. Saito is the studio. And Fisher Celine Murphy is the audience. So in trying to write a team-based creative process, he says, I wrote the one that I know. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I think I'm now getting stuck on this idea of Inception as a heist movie. Maybe it's on lists of best heist movies, but I don't remember ever seeing it. And I feel like it deserves that credit. Yes and no for me. It's like it doesn't deserve to be in that genre genre because maybe it's just so different i i, I don't know i don't it know where to put super this movie. different yeah it's it's but it is sort of a sci-fi heist i think i mean, I mean it's oh, absolutely I don't think it, yeah it absolutely I don't think is, you can yeah. argue that it's not right and and, and i don't know I, when faced with would you rather watch you know this or one of the oceans movies while i do love the oceans movies like this is just a better movie to me this feels like there's an Oceans movie inside it. Yeah, one of the dreams. You know what I mean? Like like the hotel <laughs> level feels that way to me. 100%. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I guess now's a good time to do it. The hotel is my superpower. Oh, it's so good, right? I just think the hotel is the slickest set of sequences I've ever seen. Particularly, I want to zero in on the hallway fight. Oh. Uh, not not when gravity is switched off completely, but when, when it's van, turning. When, yeah, when the van like barrel rolls oh, down man. the hill. Uh, that's all practical, which I'm sure that everybody, everybody on this call has seen them in that hallway that's attached to those pistons that's rotating 360 degrees, but that is emblematic. This movie had something like 550 effects shots, which sounds like a lot until you realize that most movies this length have like several thousand effects shots. Like there was really, really not a ton of digital effects on this movie. It was a like really, really largely practical effects. And so that hallway example is a great example of like... I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. What is it about that? Did you say that's your super pump? It's the hotel, right? The hotel, specifically the hallway scene, I think. Because I I I love love also the like the the plan of of turning him against his own subconscious. I think that's awesome. And the stairs. What are those types of stairs called? The 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 Penrose stairs. The Penrose stairs when he when he pulls that guy aside and just drops him. Yeah. Paradox. That's so awesome. Uh, Doge, I love that this is your super pump specifically because I think you could uh, come alongside me and say that like going practical is very Spielbergian. 
Unbelievably, yeah. Um, and so why is, how do we as the consumer notice and appreciate that without anybody telling us? Like, why is it that so many people, those are their favorite parts? Is there, it's so interesting to I me. I think it's like, just, is there a part of us that just appreciates the hard work? Not that the other yeah, thing is hard work. But, but I, I think, think there's some part of us where it feels more real. It's the uncanny like, valley. I really think true. it is. It's not floaty. Like we're not, and like, hear me say, I love the Marvel movies. And if you've been listening to this show for even more than an hour, you know that I love the Marvel movies, but like our action sequences in those are often very weightless and floaty and feel like a video game cutscene. Uh, but compare, uh, I guess, for example, compare the emotional response that people have had to the child from the Mandalorian mm. to similar sized CG creatures, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Smeagol, like exactly. Gollum. Yeah, but like yeah. something about the child just feels a lot more real because that's an actual puppet that's on set. Something about them floating around in this hallway and fighting feels a lot more real than seeing Spider-Man climb on the on like the walls and the ceiling of a hallway. Right. And I don't know what yeah. it is about it, but I think you can just tell. And it's appreciated, yes. which is so funny. And is it cheaper? I mean, it starts to feel like I don't know, man. Per frame. Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They they basically yeah. That needs to be. I hope that wasn't deconstructed, but it sure does take up a lot of space. <laughs> you, you were you saying it needs to be in like a Hall of Fame someday. or something, like a museum. You're going to go like bid a, on yeah. it at auction? Or like a studio tour yeah. kind yeah. of thing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I love, I know it's probably not the same level of practical. It might not be practical at all, uh, but just talking about effects that are really unique and really work for me is... What if I was just like, when the city bends on itself, I love how they did that. I can't believe they really did that. No, in the beginning when they're in- That took my breath away in theaters. Oh, me I too. I was- Made me dizzy. Um, in awe. When, when they're in the house at the beginning of, it, it's not Saito's dream, it's the architect's dream. Or no, it is Saito's yeah. dream within the architect's dream and the water, they push Cobb into uh -huh. the bathtub and the water shoots in the windows. It just sets yep. the whole, the tone for this whole movie of like- expect anything that and yeah. the the street in ariadne's dream blowing up all around them yeah when they're at the deconstructing cafe. yeah yeah it's crazy i you know it's funny back during our pixar series we watched inside out and i remember thinking there's really nothing like this but if there's anything similar to it it's inception <laughs> for me which sounds like a weird thing and it's not something that i intended on talking about but there's so much respect for doing something well that is just so personal like it's just like a because we can all like nolan got to take a concept here with dreams and do it better than it's been done before and nobody nobody can fact check him right yeah yeah well, i think there's the thing too it's like we talked about this with inside out like somehow it feels like they were reading my mail and they were thinking my thoughts with me when they made inside out like <laughs> yeah. nobody except me has ever had one of my dreams but like, there's so much of this that feels like one of my dreams, you know, like, yeah. I think it points to the, the universality of different things that's that we great. feel are super individualized. Yep. I think that's so good. Yeah. That's really great. Hey, I can't believe I'm saying this. Time is just flying because this movie is so dense, but do you know what time it is? It's already time for shout announcements. <gasps> and here we go. Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and also make announcements. That was a shockingly normal 
intro to this bit of our program. I didn't want to. I thought so too, but I'm afraid of bringing attention. I know. To I think it. I just jinxed it. There was a brief moment where I really thought about taking a pretty big swing, and then I just kind of backed off. So here we are. Um, I want to talk about Patreon, or as it's known in the states, Patreon. Listen, if you love our show and we're confident you do, we want you to have <laughs> more of it. So here's what we did. We done gone and made more of it, but it's hidden inside the Disney vault, except it's our vault. <laughs> I was like, how's he going to get out of that? We put it in our vault. We put it in our vault and the code is yep. the same as Killian Murphy's in this movie. Anyway, listen, yep. for $3 a month in perpetuity, you can have access to bonus episodes, special sections of our website. Sometimes we do other fun things involving games. And by sometimes, I mean once, but maybe more. Look, maybe again. I loved it. I hope to do it again someday. You also get to vote twice in any polls that we put out, which, Two hint, votes. hint, might be a pretty big deal soon. It's about to be hmm. important. Hmm. So hmm. Patreon become an official chunky. $3 forever. Thank you. And listen, we are aware of some unofficial chunkies out there selling bootleg Two Chunks episodes on tape. That's not us. No matter how much Can't it sounds like us, that's not they're us. They're sneaking in their talk boys and their leather jackets to our live performances of these podcasts, and they're recording yep. in bad quality. Look, we don't want you to have to listen to the show in that format. We got nope. the good stuff right here. Scalpers. Become an official Continue your quest for genuine, 100% certified, authentic two chunks and a hunk experiences. It's Angus hunk. It's chef emoji. It's Angus Hunk. It's 100% Nolan Ryan podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram uh, to get that magnificently marbled cut of meat that we call two chunks and a hunk content. Oof, and I could nice. not be more clear about this, but in case I'm being particularly obtuse, I'm asking you to follow us on social media and particularly oh. to keep up the wonderful interactions that you all have been having with Melissa Joan hey. Hart. Yeah, bravo. Uh, those have been... Probably probably my favorite thing to wake up every oh morning gosh. and read everybody everybody's <laughs> comments are some variation of Hello Melissa, hope this message finds you well. If you get a spare moment, would you please read two chunks <laughs> in a hunks DM? The boys would greatly yes. appreciate it. And that is the exact kind of polite anarchy that we want to Come encourage. On. Yeah, we want that respectful chaos. I appreciate that. Yes. So give Melissa a follow. Uh, and if she has the gall, the audacity. To post about Felice Navi Dad anymore without replying that's to our DM the, about yeah. it. That's when we want you to comment on those. Unleash the storm. I disagree. Two I want yeah, you to comment actually, on everything she posts in perpetuity. That's our new slogan now, by the way. Just so you know, two chunks <laughs> and a hunk, colon, unleash the storm. Unleash the storm. In parentheses, please and thank you. <laughs> unleash, yes. unleash the parentheses, polite storm, parentheses, please and thank you. <laughs> Kindest regards. Colon, the two the, chunks experience. Yes. Um, speaking of a two chunks experience, we would love for you, if you've enjoyed this, go and rate and review us on the iTunes. Uh, that is, there's an algorithm there that uh, gets more people to uh, see about us in the research to find our podcast. We laughing sorry, at? I'm just laughing at the uh, how dumb it was one time when you said algorithm and I talked about it, it was probably Al Gore playing the drums. And I think that's exactly <laughs> Al Gore rhythm. Yeah. An Al Gore rhythm. Oh, wait. Speaking of rhythm, thank you, Doge. Uh, our next series that we have coming up. In our hearts, I think it feels like it's been long overdue. Yeah, we've been chomping at this bit for a minute. Or is it champing? The theme, I don't know, actually. We could have been champing. 
the theme of this series is going to be how many weeks was that? Do we remember? I think seven. Let me. It's going to be a long one. Before we say, I have the power of the internet on my side. Five weeks. Five weeks. We will have five weeks of get ready, my friends, musicals, <gasps> and as Doge so often does, he comes up with a name that he regrets. <laughs> And Jordan and I love. Mm. Shiver Me so September's was one of those, I think. Oh, it's so tasty. Here's the next one. The name of this upcoming series is called Choosical. And why is that? Not because these are going to be special edible episodes, but <laughs> it is going to be a poll. We're actually going to have you decide based off of this curated collection of movies that we will give you which I think it's probably, probably going to be a lot of options, uh, to choose five. And those top five are going to be what we have for Choosical. There's a lot of great things going on about Choosical. We will also have, uh, we'll talk more about her next week, but we will have a special guest Ooh. helping in the production of this series. So be on the here out. Nice. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're waiting on a podcast. <laughs> I can't do it. You sounded like one of the. I can't do French. I have no French whatsoever. You sounded like the Don't. pirate with the wooden eye from Pirates of the Caribbean. I thought he sounded like one of the Navi from Avatar. <laughs> oh, man. Jordan, thank you. Well, we're back. To the show. Who, you were, who are you? Who are you trying? Well, I to was be? going for a Marion Cotillard, but oh. it didn't. It didn't pan out. <laughs> I think it was better. I think it, you overshot it. Okay, you, if you good. did it less good, it was better than a Marion Cotillard yeah. would have been. Yeah, I get that. Oh my goodness! <sighs> I think it was perfect. Much like yes, the movie Inception. Wrong. I'll super dump right now. Okay, go for it. <gasps> it's a real goofy looking shot. And it is it is in the the first time that Ariani starts messing with the dream architecture and she's folding the city up origami style. Uh, and they walk up to the street that's now a wall, right yeah. angle in front of them. Yeah. And they they step up onto the, the vertical surface of the city. Yeah, it's pretty clunky. I understand that in concept. It's just, it looks so bad to me. 
And I don't know why. And I don't know what it would look like if it was good because I have obviously never seen somebody do that. <laughs> right. But it just looks astoundingly goofy. Yeah. It's pretty tough. I feel that felt like the spending hours and hours on a project situation. And you're like, have I made it worse? <laughs> like when you have yeah. those situations where yep. you're like, I can't imagine the editing suite of them being like, oh, it's not there. It, it's it's like, like our first iteration was there. Is it the, is it Scorpion King with the CG rock? Where he's like yes. got a scorpion body. Yes. It felt Half like scorpion. that where like you've been working on it so long and you're so in the weeds of it. And you're like, I think this looks pretty good. And then you zoom out on it and you're like, oh my goodness, I've created, <laughs> I've created a I Dwayne done? the Rock that looks like a scorpion candle. It's, it's Ben Wyatt's claymation <laughs> movie from Parks and Rec. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, it, but yet oh. in that same sequence, we get one of the coolest shots of the movie, which is her creating that long bridge with the big mirrors that she closes, which is so you cool. You can actually see her stepping over a portion of the green screen set. Oh, really? Every time she walks to the mirror, she has to, she takes this big step and there's something on the ground there. Interesting. That's probably ah. a piece of the green screen apparatus that's holding it in place and nobody on set caught that. Huh. Interesting. It's a super cool Very shot good. though with those two mirrors shattering and Very creating much. the bridge. I, I really like that a lot. Um, so speaking of... Uh, just minuscule moments, something that I was talking to Callie about while we were watching this. There's a, a, a really short scene that I love with Leo and it's when he is running from uh, the uh, Cobol engineering people in, what is it? Mumbazi? Mumbasa. Mumbasa? I think. Yeah. Is that the name of the industry? Cobol Industries? That's the yeah. the first group that they failed okay. um, at extracting. Mombasa. Yep. Um, and when he's running through this alley that closes and closes and closes, like the struggle on Leo's face when he's trying to squeeze through is so unbelievably intense <laughs> that it stresses <laughs> me out every single time I watch it. That is, oh yeah, dude, that is woof. That is, you know, it's funny. I watched this movie and in his library of all that he's done with Leo, I feel like his role as Cobb is under. I agree. Because I underrated it. I remember thinking like, not that he was a money grab, but it was like, I, I, I feel like could someone else probably could have done this. But then walking it, watching it again, I was like, no, like it needed to be yeah. Leo. And Chris thought that as well. And his wife, have we talked about how Emma Thompson is his yeah. wife? Yeah. Well, no, uh, we haven't. We haven't? Yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think we have on okay. recording. But yeah, co-producer, uh, both of them were like, yeah, it's got to be Leo. Um, Julio's still alive. I checked that. Okay, good. Good. That is good. Today. Leo, yeah. the way that he dresses and his haircut makes him look a little bit like Christopher Nolan in this movie to me. I agree. Oh. And I feel like that's intentional yeah. because he is the, if we're going with the analog that this team, this uh, Nolan says he wrote creative collaboration the only way he knew how, which was to create analogs for movie production. Then Leo's the director. Yeah. Leo is the Nolan of their team. I so I vividly remember this being the first time I had ever seen or heard of Tom Hardy. Same. Yeah, I think I think me too. This movie was a spectacular introduction to Tom Hardy. I think for you, for, for yeah. me, yeah. Eames is one of my favorite characters in this movie. I didn't know who he was. I I at the time referred to him as the British guy with big lips from Inception. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got some luscious smoochers. I was going to say smoochers. That's really great. We've done, we've done too many podcasts. That's really together. great. Yeah. I love, I love Tom Hardy in this. I love his introduction at the casino. Uh, 
rubbing them together is not going to make more or whatever he says. And he takes them up and I love the, the, the inception wiki claims that those poker chips are his totem and that in a dream, if he's dreaming, he rubs them together and they multiply. And to that, I say that seems poppycock. Yeah. That seems like a stretch to me. I think he was it just making like, a joke about him doing I know, bad it at gambling. Like you misinterpreted a line of dialogue. <laughs> right. Yeah. I love, I love the scene with them sitting up top talking about, Lose your tail. We'll meet back. I don't know. It's just all great. I think Tom Hardy is really fantastic in this. Um, somebody else that I think is really fantastic in this is Ellen Page. I think that she is yeah. so different from the rest of the cast as far as like, I think she brings this. It's it's not a lack of intensity. She's very intense, but she does very well at the in over her head newbie that we need to see in this world. Like we need somebody else learning these things for the first time so that we can learn about them for the first time. Um, right. It would feel weird if it was all old pros being like, and you know why it's important. Remember that the architect needs to not know, you know, like it would feel weird having this expository dialogue between old pros that already know how to do all of this. Yeah, and she's got like this. We get to watch this kind of untapped capability. Right. Like it's it's all there. She's got the raw, and and it's you know we're supposed to for the three minutes that we have him on screen, uh, hold Michael Caine in such high esteem to know that his opinion means right. something, right? Yeah. Uh, which they did enough. I mean, it was enough for for me to be like, well, if he does, if does he Michael Caine just carry that gravitas in general? Just as yes. a person, I was going to say that. Absolutely. Imagine Michael Caine ordering a sandwich at Subway. Does that feel like it's, the most important sandwich that sandwich artist will ever make? Oh, he's at Subway. Maybe the yeah. most important yeah. work of art that they'll ever make? Yeah. I think so. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, can I, I... I want to go ahead and super okay. dump. Um, I... <clears throat> Chris, Christopher Nolan does a great job of having us keep up with all these dream levels. And my super pump was that simultaneous kick that kind of gets us through all of them in the in the backwards order of the depth that we went, right? One of the things that I have trouble with outside of our James Bond snow castle, okay? Outside of that base, all of my other, uh, whether it's COBOL or subconscious people that are chasing them down and shooting at them, uh, blur together for me. And I don't know if it was supposed to be important for me to know whether or not this was the the security, right? Like the, uh, I love that whole idea of being trained because we reckon the world recognizes, especially those that are really wealthy, that there are people that can be paid to come right. and extract ideas, right? Um, whether it's that or the people in real life that are chasing him down. If, if there was one element that took me out of remembering where we were in the story. It was who's shooting at them now. Like it was like, uh, and again, you exclude that. And it's, and a lot of it had to do with vision, like of what I'm watching. Right. And so I'm like, I can't remember. Are these the people that are just after Cobb? Well, like once the they're in the dream, it's this all subconscious. Right. But I'm saying every level of the subconscious outside of the snow area if I am only watching them being hunted down, and again, they, they gave me a great setting of like, if they're in the van, I know where they are. Right. If they're in the hotel, right. I know where they are. But at certain times, all of those shots blur together for me if it's if it's a shot of someone against you. And again, it, it could be that in this in these moments, y'all could help define that better for me. But I was like, in the in the super pickiness of the film, I was like, what is the thing that I don't even Sure. I don't know. Because if I'm gonna high with such hold with such esteem, and again, this 
our super pumps and super dumps are uniquely yeah. ours. One of my favorite things is hearing from listeners what theirs are and then agreeing with that or disagreeing yeah. with that. Again, we say like, love yeah. what you love. But for me specifically as a viewer, especially watching really intently and trying to find, you know, it felt like a lot of my energy in watching a movie, any movie that we really like on this podcast, a lot of my energy watching those movies is what is going to be my super dumb. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to come in and, you know, probably have a situation similar to the one that I'm in the middle of, but it's like, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not, I don't want to invalidate your super dump. I, I think it's valid and I don't follow it personally. Like I don't, and I, I don't mean that dismissively. Like I, I yeah. don't, I did not struggle with what you're struggling with, but the fact that you did mm -hmm. means it's an issue for you. So I, I get that. Yeah. Sure. Um, actually, while we're on the train of super dumps, I'll go ahead and tell y'all. You're waiting for a train. Yeah. We don't know when it'll be there. Um, I, I, the, the one thing that I really take issue with in this movie is at one point Cobb mentions that Arthur only has about three minutes in the hotel to get everything done that he does. And it feels like he does way too much to get done in three minutes. It's before he starts gathering everybody together when Arthur sa or when Cobb says he only has about three minutes in the hotel as of like starting right now, but he has three minutes to the first kick. No, this and is after they, the this kick, is after right? they missed the kick. Gotcha. I, I think if, if I'm wrong about that, no, no, no. They, the it. first kick happens like right when they get to Snowland, right to the North. I'm Pole. fairly certain after they miss that kick, he says, okay, the next one's going to be here in about 20. And that means that Arthur has three minutes. Gotcha. And it just feels like he does too much to fit into three minutes. Um, if, if I miss misread that and it was before three minutes before the first kick, then that could be it. But I, I I'm pretty sure it's. After you could that. be right. I don't remember. I, I honestly had felt the same way during that point. I love the whole scene. It just, it's too much in three minutes. Yeah. Guys, Marion Cotillard is amazing in this movie. Oh my gosh. She's so she good. was almost my super pump and nobody's surprised that she's a good actress. I don't think I've ever seen her be bad in anything. Right. But like her performance in this is unreal. Like how like she's like, I don't know. She's just incredibly haunting. That's such a good yeah. word for it. She's haunting. And it is like, anytime she's on the screen, I grieve for her. Yeah. Like, I am so sorry. Like, I am. And you, they, her and Leo did so well mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Because you can start to see him carrying the weight of what he did to her or what he felt like he did to her and explaining that. You know, that I almost super pumped his uh, escape, like the world, the dream he had mm -hmm. created. That's the several floors of their, they do some really fun, creative stuff with just their relationship. Like the area that they created for their limbo that they just kept building and building. And he's pointing out all of the different places that they've lived. Um, and that's one of the scenes that I think is so fun and brilliant because that scene tangibly is going to mean more to you after a rewatch uh, yeah. uh, as years yeah. go by. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. Yeah. The first time I watched Inception, I wasn't even married. You know, it was like, I didn't yeah. even have that yet, but yeah. I think did I you see that Kate Winslet was the first choice for that role. That's I did. The chemistry yeah, would have been there, but all. I think Marion is so much better. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. I have never seen at one point. So after she's been shot and Cobb is like kneeling with her on the ground, talking to her, she has a full, a full inflatable children's pool of a tear 
in her. I've never seen a tear that large <laughs> in my entire life. It is, it it's is like acting. somebody like tripped and spilled a bottle of water in her eye. Did you notice what I'm talking about? It is yeah, massive. It's just glistening. <laughs> it felt like an anime. I hope tear. it's real. <laughs> I hope she just when she cries, she just produces a bucket of <laughs> tear solution. You said you've never seen her be bad. I distinctly remember her, uh, spoilers, death in The Dark Knight Rises as being quite cheesy. Ooh. It's been a minute since I've watched it. I don't I've remember. I've got vibes of that. The motion of her death, I remember being like something that I would have seen on like Bonanza or Gunsmoke <laughs> with my dad as a little kid. Uh, uh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. That's an opinion I ended up walking back a couple years ago about Dark Knight versus Dark Knight Rises. I used to think Dark oh, really? Knight Rises was my favorite of the trilogy, but after a rewatch a couple years ago, it's Dark Knight, hands down. It's not even close. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think <clears throat> when it comes to, you know, we, we talked a lot uh, at the beginning about ensemble casts, and I think she's just another perfect example of how it could have gone completely different with Kate Winslet, but I, I, I can't imagine replacing her. I can't imagine replacing anybody yeah, Chilean Murphy. Cast. I mean, even somebody as simple as that who kind of plays the role of the viewer right. in that Christopher Nolan metaphor. But like he, I saw this uh, trivia thing that it's like in in all of his Christopher Nolan films, they called it like a director, like, like something a trademark. Like they trademark. Do. Yeah. Yeah, a trademark is that he's got a bag on his head most of the movie, which I thought that was, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny, like with the scarecrow <laughs> references. Man, uh, he's he's someone else who's literally never bad in anything. Yeah, he's had a he's had a pretty good career from the start. There's things that the Lord gave him that he those those peepers, him an man, advantage. those piercing blue peepers, strange advantage, those creepy peepers, creeper peepers. I think Cre- creeper blinders. The first thing I ever saw him in was 28 nice. Days Later, and he's great even in that movie. Like he's just yeah. fantastic, and I think here with uh, especially uh, the the interrogation scene, the scene with Cobb at the hotel bar when everything starts to tilt and it storms outside. The realization in his eyes is really great, but I think he's at his best in this movie when he finds the pinwheel in the safe by his dad's bed. It's just so good. Yeah. Um, Do you know who the, there were only two actors in this movie that were must-haves. They were like written for them in Inception. We've already talked about one of them. Do you know who the other one was? JGL, I feel like it it has to be. It was actually Ken Watanabe. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked enough about him either, dude. He is so good in this. The the two people that share the very first... uh, interaction yeah. in the movie this might be are the ones that they this have might have. be a fan casting for like 10 of you but i think i think he would be incredible as hugo strange in a robert pattinson batman movie interesting Ooh, interesting i like it i've just decided that i like it i'm down i would love that V much. Also, when he gets old, he looks like a walnut that you dropped under a couch on a hardwood floor. <laughs> he does. That's unfortunate. A walnut filled with regret. And it caught that pet hair. I know that, that little, bit of, ago. little bit of cat hair. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, there is something. He doesn't, he doesn't dream about Norelco. I can tell you that much. 
there is something about his face. Do you think he face. could have dreamed himself up a razor to cut his four whiskers? That's what I'm saying. No, yes. There's no chance. There is something about his face that looks like Johnny Knoxville in the, what is it? Bad grandpa, dirty grandpa, whatever. Like the, the, the oh. prosthetic <laughs> old man mask. It is a little obvious. Yes. I think. Um, but yeah, can we, can we take a second and just talk about the soundtrack? Um, as we kind of come to no. come to a close here. <laughs> Would we just shut you down? Absolutely not. The soundtrack is so good and almost nonstop. Oh, there, yeah. there is almost music from top to bottom of this movie. Yeah. Which is something that we all hated about Cutthroat Island. <laughs> I, I think yes. it's just obviously like... Cutthroat Island is its own thing, but I, I think it comes down Way to- Way like, better than this. It's done so well. <laughs> and it lends a certain um, frantic pacing, or it lends itself to the frantic pacing of the first part of this movie. Yes. Um, like the music underneath everything, I feel like really feels like the the train tracks that keeps the train moving. Um, and, and I just think it's, it's so well done. And obviously we get the blah, but- I think there is so much left to appreciate in the soundtrack after you get past the signature noise. Um, like I think the the sort of recurring inception theme that happens a lot is really beautiful. Um, yes. And the song. I mean, the song yeah. gets the kick. You know, the, the that's the warning too, the prelude, which that song's length uh, is two minutes and, and 28 seconds. And the movie's length is two hours and 28 that's minutes. Crazy. Yeah. I, like, that's one of those so, things that I know couldn't have been on purpose. It actually was on purpose. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was absolutely intentional. <laughs> because the credits are you waking up. The credits are you getting out of the dream, mm -hmm. which is the movie itself. My totem. So it starts playing at the beginning. It starts playing at the beginning to say, hey, you're waking up. Those slow trombones, that wah, is based off of what would it look like to slow down that song. I know that, that part. My, so my totem yeah, well, is no, the didn't. PlayStation 4 controller that I used to pause the movie when it was done. Only you know the exact weight of it. <laughs> only, only, you. only you know how many noobs you can crush with those triggers on the back. There's All only been one. In real life, I'm sorry if this was going to be like our outro, because it would have been a good one, but my totem would be my wallet which is it has five cards in there exactly the way that they're always put. That's the one remnant, the ripple effect of my obsessive compulsion as a younger man is that I look at that thing probably when I have it on me, maybe a 50 to a hundred times. And the more intense something gets, like a lot of the times it's right before a movie, like an experience I'm going to enjoy. I always have to look down and fiddle with it and make sure that all my cards are there in the exact spot. Isn't that strange? But that I would be my totem. Movie chapstick. Ooh, used. Yep. Mm -hmm. I don't know what mine would be. I've never thought of that. Here we are. Hey, probably your butt. <laughs> I was going to say your hip. <laughs> oh, yeah. Update on my hip. It turns out that it probably wasn't bursitis. I probably actually did just tear my butt cheek from running so good. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, man. Tearing cheek has to be the worst way to go. I'm just ready to, for my physical therapist to clear me so I can get back out there and tear some cheek again. <laughs> hey, that happens to me when I try and put the whole tortilla chip yes. in my mouth. Yeah, I tear a lot of <laughs> cheek then too. If 
I feel like because we have devolved so much, it's now time to rate this movie. I think so. Using science, the same science that Yusuf uses to brew the sleepy, sleepy potions. The scientific cinema scale. Ooh, nice. It's fine. Keep going. The scientific cinema scale was created in house at our very own Two Chunks and a Hunk Laboratories, and it is perfect and as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy Buy that poster. poster. The next best thing, that's buy it, followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God God hath forsaken forsaken us. I'll go first. I'm buying the poster. I don't think anybody is surprised. Uh, Every time, it feels like every time I watch this movie, I like it more, which is rare. And uh, the more I think about it, the more I think it's probably a top 10 ever for me. Um, It's a poster. Easy. Put that poster on my wall. I'm taking everything else off the wall of my house. And I'm going to use Inception posters as wallpaper. Nice. So it is a poster for me. And I think there's a lot of things about this movie that make it feel like it should be a movie that ages. If that makes sense. Yes. Uh, uh, Certain technologies... Uh, certain settings. It's 10 years old like this that. year, by the way. This month, it's 10 years old. Wow. Unreal. There's so much about it. It is so saturated with relevance in terms of good storytelling that I don't think it will age. It's not Tron. You know, it's not like we're going <laughs> to right. go back and watch and be like, man, they just didn't quite have it yet, did they? <laughs> you know? And it could just be with what, what we have to work with now. Um, but goodness me, it is so good. It really, ETP. really is. Yeah, I, I'm so stoked that we got to watch this, and I'm stoked that we get to watch the next one, which is Interstellar. Doge mm. is especially stoked, um, but I'm very stoked as well. It's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a fun episode, I think. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this next week. Did you guys know it was shopped around Hollywood as a Spielberg project? Uh-huh. He was attached to it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. It's uh, we'll forget it between now and next week. Already we done. Again. It's gone. Um, so to end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and uh, which director we would like to shop us around Hollywood since Carter stole my totem idea. So you for started two it. chunks in a hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders. And I think I would love for. You know what? I would love for Melissa Joan Hart to shop me around Hollywood. I think that <laughs> I think that we've proven already that we are a force to be reckoned with in the writers room, me and her. Mm. And I, I just really think we'd land some some big deals, make some big bucks. I'm Doge. Uh, she's not a director, but she is an actress, a producer, and a writer. I would like Mindy Kaling to shop me nice. around Hollywood because I think she would know where all the good boutiques are, and I could get some cool clothes. And finally impress all those people who are like, that guy dresses like an idiot. (laughs) Um, I'm Carter. And I think I would like, hmm, whoa. I'm just going to go with it. You just did the kombucha girl face, just like like beat for beat. The ghost of Gary (laughs) Coleman. (laughs) Why? You know, just different strokes. Oh my gosh.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.